0: Boy, it sure is good to be in God's house. I know I say this a lot, and a lot of people say this a lot, but boy, it is good to see people smiling. It is good to be able to go to a picnic like we did yesterday and see people to get along, and that is something that we shouldn't take for granted. That is a blessing that God has put that spirit in this church. We talked about that some tonight in discipleship training. That's something that's not in every church, and we have to be on our guard because, boy, the devil does not like that. He does not like to see Christians happy and smiling and getting stuff done for the Lord, so... We just keep praying that God will protect us and keep us going on the right track and that we don't give the devil a foothold, but we just keep on keeping on and keep on loving each other. So that's a, that's a great thing. So praise the Lord that he has uh, brought all of us to this church to uh, be able to do his work. We are going to move on from the book of Matthew. We had covered the Sermon on the Mount, and we, we covered another chapter or two afterwards, but we are going to move on to the book of Joshua. We are going to move on to the book of Joshua. I wasn't sure really where God wanted us to go after the Sermon on the Mount. We just kind of stayed in Matthew. I felt like there was some good stuff in there that we could, we could get. And we kind of finished up that chapter on, on faith that we had looked at, and we learned a lot about faith in chapter 9. And, and what you'll see if you continue to read the book of Matthew Is you'll see in chapter ten that Jesus sends out his disciples. He had just said in the text that we looked at last week that the harvest is abundant and the workers are few, and God was sending out workers into that harvest. He was sending out his disciples to begin to do the work that God had called them to do, and calls us to do as well and and when he sends them out he tells them pretty much to go and have a lot of faith don't take a whole lot with you just go and do the work God's gonna provide and that takes a lot of faith for God's people for us and for them and anybody uh, throughout the history of time that God has called to a mission it takes a lot of faith to say look I'm going to trust that wherever God sends me and whatever position he puts me in, if he's called me to it, he's going to provide for me and he's going to get me through uh, whatever it may be. So we're going to be in Joshua chapter one and Lord willing, we're probably going to be in Joshua for a few weeks. I don't know that we'll go uh, verse by verse like we're doing through Revelation, but Lord willing, unless he points me in another direction, we're going to try to finish this whole book and uh, just kind of hitting some of the high points Uh, along the way, along the story, and Joshua and the people of Israel, and what they go through. So we're just going to look at the first few verses of chapter 1 tonight. Verses 1 through 9. And we'll get a little bit of a background before we dig in since this is kind of a a new book. We've seen the people of Israel up until this point. If you're not familiar with the story, we've seen the people of Israel kind of go through a lot. We see in Genesis, we see uh, everything kind of coming to be and God making his covenant with Abraham and making the promise to them that he is going to bless Israel and that they are are his people and his children and he's going to watch over and take care of them. And then we see some things progress throughout the book of Genesis. We see Joseph. We see his 11 brothers. They sell him into slavery. He ends up being in Egypt. There's a famine in the land, but lo and behold, what the the brothers intended for evil, what the devil intended for evil, ended up being for good. Because Joseph was the right-hand man, so to speak, of Pharaoh. And so when the time came that Joseph's brother needed food, they show up. Didn't realize it was Joseph, but it was their brother. And what they had intended for evil, God used for good to bless his family. They made it into Egypt. We see uh, the, the people of Israel begin to grow. Another Pharaoh comes into being, but he doesn't have favor on Israel. Now, go back and read all this for yourself. I'm just kind of hitting some of the high points. We see the people of Israel become enslaved in Egypt, and we see a, a boy named Moses into the scene. We kind of talked about a lot of this this morning. Moses leads those people of Israel. God calls them. Moses said, no, God, I can't do it. I ain't a good speaker. I can't do any of this stuff. Got to get somebody else. But God uh, puts Aaron and Moses together, and they go in, and they are able to lead God's people out of Egypt by the power of God. And along the way, uh, God does some pretty miraculous things. God, uh, he gets them out of there. He parts the Red Sea so that they cross on dry land. It's not like that uh, I've heard some theories that, well, maybe something come through and the wind blew and the water was low and they crossed across. I don't believe that for a second. I believe that it was a sea there. It was full of water. God parted it and he dried the land. And science can't explain it, but that's the way it happened and God can do it. He can do anything. And so the people walked across and the people saw God do these mighty works. And you would think that these people wouldn't question God, but lo and behold, they started grumbling. Now, we don't ever do anything about like that whenever God has blessed us and things don't go, don't go our way. We don't ever start grumbling, do we? Yeah, we do. And that's what the people of Israel did. God, why'd you bring us here? It would have been better for us to die and with the Israelites. We should just turn around and go back. And boy, God wanted to destroy them, but Moses intervened. He prayed, and God, he forgave them, but there was some punishment for the people. Because God had told him he wanted to send them into the, to the promised land. And there were some spies that went out and looked at everything. And it was a beautiful, wonderful land that God had promised to give to the people. But most of them said, look, it's a beautiful place. But our enemies, the people that live there now, we can't take them on. Now, there were a couple of good guys, Joshua and Caleb. And they believed that God could lead them in there uh, to the promised land that God had told them he was going to give them. But the rest of the people, God said, look, I'm not going to wipe you off the face of the earth. I'm going to forgive you for, for doubting me and not trusting me, but I'm not going to let you enter that promised land. This generation of unbelievers, you're not going to get to see it. And as a result, the people of Israel had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And that generation began to die off, and there was a new generation. You had the old leader, who was Moses, and uh, Moses died, but he kind of he passed off the, uh, the torch, so to speak. He passed it on to Joshua. Joshua was the, the new leader of Israel, and that's what we see in the book of Joshua. Moses had passed on, and Moses didn't enter the promised land with the people, but They got really close, and now that 40 years was up, and Joshua was about to get the privilege to lead the people of Israel into the land that was flowing with milk and honey. Now look, God, he created the whole earth. He created everything. He could have picked anywhere in the earth for his people to be, but he picked that spot, and I don't know why he picked that spot. But Joshua and Caleb and the rest of the group that went, they come back and said, Look, this land indeed, it sure is flowing with milk and honey. This is a good place. Now, I've never been to that part of the world. I would love to go to that part of the world and see it. But it was a special place because God had set it aside for his people. And it's a large area from the northeast corner of Africa all the way up the Mediterranean Sea. It was a large area, and it's kind of mapped out for us in the text that tells what God had promised to give them. And so God told Joshua, all right, lead these guys and girls, lead them into the promised land. And what we're going to see along the way is that they have to face some intense battles, some difficult situations that are indeed scary. But what we see is is that God is bigger than anything they face. No matter if the odds look like they are against us, as it did with the people of Israel, God was on their side. And you can't balance that out on the scale because God's side always wins. No matter what the enemy may have, God's side is always uh, better than what the enemy can throw at him. And so that was kind of a long introduction, but maybe it'll help us to kind of understand what's going on in the book of Joshua. Let's pray, and then we'll read the text. God, we thank you for these words tonight, and I pray that you would help us just to uh, heed the words of encouragement that you gave to your people in the Joshua, that we would be strong and courageous, God, that we would uh, learn from uh, the uh, obedience to your people in the book of Joshua, the disobedience of some of your people, that we would learn from their mistakes and and learn from their right doing, dear Lord, that we would be obedient servants that would be willing to go and do uh, whatever you may call us to do. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. Amen. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, who had served Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land I am giving the Israelites. I have given you every place where the sole of your foot treads. Just as I promised Moses, your territory will be from the wilderness and Lebanon to the great Euphrates River, all of the land of the Hittites, and west to the Mediterranean Sea. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. That's a pretty good promise that God is making to Joshua there because there was no question the Israelites would have seen that God was with Moses from the get-go. He parted a body of water. I mean, what more would you have to see? And God was with them as long as they were obedient. And so you would think by this point that these Israelites would have noticed, hmm, There were those before us that didn't listen. We saw the consequences. We saw that God was faithful and true. We saw that God protected us. We saw that God has brought us to the place he had promised. And God is saying, look, there's nothing that's going to overtake you. I'm going to be with you as you go in to inherit this promised land. So this is a a pretty good promise that God is making to Joshua and to the Israelite people here. Then he says in verse 6, be strong and courageous. For you will distribute the land I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to carefully observe the whole instruction my servant Moses commanded you. So here God is telling them twice in these two verses be strong and courageous. He also tells them to follow the commands that he gave to Moses. Now, God put all these Ten Commandments and all these laws in place to keep the people from doing wrong, to keep them from harm. God knew uh, what different sins would do and how it would cause the people to get off track, how it would cause the people to be pulled away from him and to worship other gods. And so he wanted them to stay stay clean, to stay pure, to, to stay away from these sins. We see that all throughout the Old Testament. If you read a little further in the book of Kings, you see that with a lot of kings and a lot of uh, God's people, even Solomon, who was the wisest man in the world. He didn't listen to what God commanded him, and he was turned to where he began to worship other gods, the gods of the wives that God told him not to take. And so we see time and time again that when we are obedient to God's word, that God will bless our choices, and the consequences of that obedience will be good blessings but we also see in God's Word that when we are disobedient to what God's word commands us to do that there are also choices that negatively affect our life and so what God is telling the people here look I'm gonna be with you I'm not gonna leave you or forsake you but you still need to keep my commands you gotta do what's right you gotta do what I say and if you do that I'm gonna take care of you throughout all this that's going on let's read a little further Do not turn from it to the right or the left, so that you will have access, or excuse me, success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night, so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Boy, those words are true just for us. We need to be about God's word. It needs to be in our minds. It needs to be in our heart. We need to know what it says. We are fortunate and blessed, praise the Lord, that we can tote our Bible around. Most of us in this room, I would say, at least have one Bible. Some of us have three or four Bibles laying around our our house. What a blessing that is. Even if we forget our Bible. I got it on my phone. I got it on my computer. I got it on my, I could pull it up on my TV. I mean, it's unbelievable. There is no excuse for us in this day and age, in this free country. We have access to God's Word. And we need to know it. How can we call upon God's Word in our times of struggle, in our times of need, in our times of praise, in our time of thankfulness? How can we call upon God and recite His Word and use it for strength if we don't know it? The devil doesn't want us to know it. He doesn't want us to know these words because there is power in God's Word. There is power for us when we are struggling, when we are tempted. When the Bible says that God won't allow any temptation to, to get us that we can't escape from, boy, God's words. one good way to get through that. We call on the name of Jesus Christ. We ask for a strength. We recite God's Word, those words of encouragement that give us strength, that we know that we are safe in the Lord, that the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's a scripture from Timothy and there's scriptures like that that we can recite and call on when we're having times of fear and times of doubt and God's word is powerful to us and we need not take that for granted church because there are plenty of people in this world that don't have God's word and if they got caught with it they would be killed. At the very least, the Word would be destroyed. And so that's something, while we have the privilege to know God's Word, we need to write God's Word on the tablet of our heart. We need to know what God's Word commands of us and how God leads us so we can stay on the right track, so we can succeed. Just as God told the people of Israel here that they would succeed by being obedient to Him, I believe that the same holds true for Christians today. When we do what God leads us, He puts us on the right path, and when we follow that, things fall into place. And when we begin to stray from that and we begin to do the things we want to do, then things don't fall into place. I've seen it in my life plenty of times. Maybe some of you guys have experienced that. He goes on to say, Haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now we've looked at nine verses at the beginning of this book and three times in these nine verses God says be strong and courageous. Now I don't think that's just a coincidence. I don't think God is just a forgetful old man that just he didn't realize he had already said that before. But what we see is is that God is assuring the people of Israel and assuring Joshua look don't worry about what's going to come your way be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God is telling them that because God knows what they are about to have to face. They are about to face some enemies in the coming chapters that you would think there is no way that, that, that the little rinky-dink Israel, I mean, they were not a powerhouse, you know. They were just kind of a little rinky-dink country. I mean, the U.S., we're a powerful nation, or at least we used to be. When people heard the U.S., they would fear us. I mean, Israel's they don't really have much of an army. They're kind of like Mexico. I don't think Mexico has much of an army. I don't know. That might be a bad comparison. But Israel wasn't really a nation that other nations would hear and be feared. Oh, here comes Israel. But Israel had something that the other nations didn't. They had the Lord God on their side. They had Yahweh. And God was saying, look, you guys are going to have to face some difficult situations. And God didn't reveal all that in these verses, but he gave them all they needed to know. And that was be strong and courageous I am with you. And what more do we as Christians need to know than be strong and courageous? God is with us. God doesn't tell us everything that's going to come in our path. Now, it may be times that God may reveal something to us prophetically in a dream or in a vision. I believe God does those things of what's coming. But typically, we don't know what's down our road. We don't know what's in our future. But God knows God knows exactly what he's going to call us to. God knows exactly where he's going to send us. And God also knows that sometimes it's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be difficult. But what we have to remember, church, is wherever God calls us, whatever God calls us to do, we must be strong and courageous. I remember when I felt like God calling me to go to a seminary in California. Now, there was an excitement for that. There's an excitement when you're doing something that you feel that God wants you to do. But there's also some fear. Going to a big city, don't know anybody there. I mean, there's some fear that comes with that. I thought I would never in my life be back in Mississippi. There was some excitement when I felt God called me to come back here. I didn't have a clue why, but it was just on my heart. I couldn't escape it. But there was also some fear in there. There's a fear in a lot of things. When, when, when I felt God calling me to pastor this church, when I felt like God saying, you know what, this is where I've called for you to serve, there was a lot of fear there. But what I have to remind myself in life, no matter what the situation is, is that God is faithful and that God is with me and that God will help me to be strong and courageous. When we went to Haiti, there's a level of excitement to get to go there and to get to help people in need and to get to preach God's work and hand out Bible. But you better believe there was some fear there because I was having to stand up in front of hundreds of people that don't even speak my language and try to teach to them the gospel of Jesus Christ and preach to them the truth. There's some fear there. What if there's opposition? It's a foreign country. What if ISIS has a hand there? I mean, these are, these are crazy thoughts, but you never know what you're walking into. And God puts <laughs> us in places sometimes that are out of our comfort zone. And we're going to see that with the people of Israel. But sometimes for us to get what God promises us that is beautiful and wonderful, it may mean that we have to go through some hard times to get it. And as Christians, what God promises us when we accept Jesus Christ Is a wonderful eternity in heaven but what God also tells us is along the way he's going to call us to be on mission for him he's going to call us to do his work and sometimes it's going to cause us to be in a place that we may feel a little uncomfortable but you can never forget this never forget this Christian that if God calls you to something if God calls you to a place to serve, if God calls you to knock on your neighbor's door, if God calls you to talk to your coworker, if God calls you to anything or anywhere, He is going to be with you. You hide His Word in your heart. You remember what God's Word says. And wherever He sends you, you would be amazed. Some of you could experience this, what the Holy Spirit will recall to your mind and heart. Scriptures, you didn't even realize you knew all of a sudden, bam, God will call them to your heart. And no matter where we go, we have to remember, Christian, to be strong and courageous because God is with us wherever we go. Let's pray. God, we thank you for these words. I pray that we wouldn't forget that, that we wouldn't forget the strength that we have in you, the encouragement that we have in you, dear Lord, that we would, as Christians, be faithful servants. God, I pray that if there is one in this room that if never accepted you, Lord Jesus, that they would do so today, that they could... Uh, experience the strength and the comfort and the joy that you offer so that they don't have to uh, be fearful but that they can be strong and courageous. And so we thank you for these words tonight. We thank you for uh, your faithful servant Joshua and we thank you for the promises that you made to your people Israel and the promise that you make to us through Jesus Christ that we will be redeemed. And we ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. It. Amen.